Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Joining me right now, the founder of Genesis 123, Jonathan Feldstein. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Kathy. Um, same as yesterday. <laughs> okay, is that a good thing? You know, breath in the lungs, you know, considering where we've come from. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yesterday, I was actually on a phone. I was on an interview with a radio station in the U.S., and I heard somebody uh, trying to text me or call me um, as I was doing this live interview like we're doing now, and I didn't pay attention, but the person was being very persistent, and only afterward did I realize it was my son calling from Gaza. So he called later, and he did speak to my wife, and he did speak to his wife at length, and that's that's a good thing because we know that he's well we know that he's alive um why didn't it come up with your son's number i was paying attention to the my the host who was interviewing me like i'm doing with you now i wasn't paying attention because it was actually on my phone so i was holding it to my ear oh. and i didn't look ah okay no. okay and how is he is he all we right had to get we as of yesterday he was good um today's a new day Today's actually the day, today's my father's birthday. He would have been 87, and my son is named for my father. So, uh, that's a special there's day. something in that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, a lot of uh, news coming out of the Middle East from Lebanon, from Iran yesterday, um, you know, with these assassination attempts. I mean, I was looking up the uh, axis of resistance, that's what it's called, the, the Shia axis. And it's very interesting to see who is, um, you know, Wikipedia. Gosh, I love Wikipedia. It's so brilliant. But to see who is part of which, you know, ideological connections. And um, is Israel making any special preparations? Because Iran and Hezbollah both have actually sworn retaliation. So Even though Israel hasn't claimed either you know me my my membership in the Mossad has expired I don't get all of the detailed uh, I'm joking about that I'm, I've never <laughs> been in the Mossad um, I, I, so I can't answer your question I should I should clarify that I'm joking um, I don't know okay. but I can tell you this you you know about the project we did the day before Christmas bringing hundreds of warm winter jackets to soldiers on the northern border as a result of that, I just this week ordered 300 more for a particular unit on the northern border who we met that day. And the reason I'm saying this is I was told they were too busy this week even to get me the proper sizes because the northern border is on very high alert. Um, So I I think the answer to your question is yes, Israel is making uh, lots of preparation. I'm a little unnerved knowing that there are any number of terrorists just living around us that when we go when i leave uh to go into jerusalem in uh two hours three hours from now i'm always mindful that there could be terrorists on the road so that's one of the things that i was actually saying on radio a few days ago is that i i reckon that the constant barrages of rockets that have happened for years not not just since october the 7th but these barrages where Israeli life, normal life for Israelis is disrupted. I think that that is more of a psychological, doing more psychological damage than this war is doing, Jonathan. I could be completely wrong. I am sitting in the diaspora. But uh, what's your thought on that? 
but the operative word you just used was normal. Um, our normal life, unfortunately, is with the awareness that, look, nobody could have imagined, really nobody imagined, uh, except for some people who's, who, who's uh, internal security memos within the army and secret service um, were ignored, but nobody imagined that Hamas would ever do what they did on October 7th. Um, having said that, we live with the risk of terror, the threat of terror, whether it's throwing a rock or Molotov cocktail at my car or Hamas shooting rockets, which they're still doing as of yesterday. They still have complained about not having food and medicine, but they still have enough rockets and the same threat from Lebanon. And, th and that's our norm. That is the norm. So whatever was before October 7th has been changed, but it's still our norm, if that makes sense. It does make sense, unfortunately. It's, um, yeah, I, I just think, and, and people that I speak to in Israel say, you know, you don't really want to go too far from home because you don't want to be in your car on the highway when there's a rocket alert. You, you know, where you have to stop your car, you have to get out, you have to lie down. Um, you don't want to be, and, and just the trauma, the trauma, and we, we've got a lot of uh, Israeli listeners, Jonathan, and we used to play, as soon as there was a rocket alert, we would play the siren. Um, yeah. And that's been for years. Yeah. And then we started getting reports from our Israeli listeners saying that to hear that siren was so triggering. Yes. Because we were playing it irrespective of what area, right? So if you're li living in a certain area of Tel Aviv, the siren will only Correct. go off in your area. But we were playing the siren just to give South Africans a, a perspective um, yes. of what the reality was, is that every time there was a rocket alert, in real time, we would play the siren. And um, well, it was so triggering that we actually had to stop doing it because it's just it's not kind to do that to anyone. It, there, there are a lot of things that were triggering. On one of the interviews I did yesterday, I explained how my not yet three-year-old grandson at the beginning of the war was very upset. We're 40 miles from Gaza, yeah. from the north northeast tip of Gaza, but we would have we still have planes flying overhead, and they're loud. Um, and it upset my grandson, and he's turning three this month, and and I'm wondering if that's a trauma. He didn't know what's going on, but the loud sound bothered him. I'm going to share an exclusive with you. Yeah. Everyone buckle up and listen. Okay, hold on, hold on. Wait, here, here, no, no, hold on. We need a drum roll. We need a drum roll. Here comes oh, your drum roll, oh, okay. Jonathan, for this exclusive from Jonathan. Here we go. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. You talked about is people not going out and staying close to home, and that was definitely our case, at my case at the beginning. I didn't want to go because we didn't know where to be, where we would be if rockets were coming. And again, we're far away. We had them, but we're far away. I'm not even my door. The door to my office is closed. My wife is having coffee in the other room. I've not even shared this with her, and I've not shared this in public at all. I avoid going out because it's very hard to say. But God forbid something happens to my son and we get the knock on the door. If I'm not here when that happens and she's here alone, it, it, it would be devastating. And so I'm, it's a horrible, horrible thing to say, but I'm staying as close to home as I can 
because God forbid if something should happen, I need to be here. You need to be prepared. You know, there are certain things that this war has brought out. There are certain things that I've heard that it's taken me weeks to be able to even vocalize. And I absolutely identify with what you've just said. I can see, um, just for our listeners, I'm, I'm looking at Jonathan. He's on a, on a Zoom link with me. <clears throat> we can see one another. And uh, he's got this beautiful sunset, or sunrise, sunset behind him an image on, on Zoom, but just looking at your body language, I completely identify. Yes. Just that, that co- the constant trauma, and, and I can see that it's the first time that you've vocalized. Um, and now, yeah. Yeah, it's... Thank it's, you for doing that. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Jonathan, I just... You know what? I think that this is, it's been one of the most real interviews that I've done for a very, very long time. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just that raw human connection. And you and I have that. I mean, we get to talk about yeah. very real things. But I think that this is just on another level. And I just want to say thank you for sharing that and the realities. Yeah. May well, you and your I family always be safe. Helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan, I look forward to speaking to you. Hopefully we get to speak tomorrow. Yes? Okay. Okay. Uh, sure, why not? Okay. I have nothing better to do with 6.45 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Jonathan Feldstein. Let's try and find some... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Etienne Swart is actually says one of our listeners. He's sent you a message and he says, You will not get that call, Jonathan. God is great. Isn't that a beautiful? Thank you, Etienne. Thank you. And uh, yeah, Janine Bloch, she says, love, light and strength always to you. I mean, our listeners are really sending it. Uh, I'm Israel Chai, says Karen with a Y. And uh, yeah, Jonathan, thank you so much. That's where we leave it. We'll speak tomorrow. God bless. Have a good day. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. That's Jonathan Feldstein. He's the founder of the Genesis 123 Foundation.